What's up? Welcome to Tide Sessions, a podcast about water sports. I'm Mike and this is Mel. We're both super passionate about the water and together we co-founded a kite surfing school called Tide Water Sports. On this podcast, we're going to be chatting to athletes, founders and other rad people who also love being in, on or under the water. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we did. In today's episode, we talk to Dylan Fletcher-Scott. Dylan is an Olympic gold medalist in sailing. He won at the last Olympics racing in the 49er fleet. We chat about how he started competing really young, why he loves sailing math, what competing in the Olympics during a pandemic was like, and what other water sports he gets up to. We really loved this chat and learned quite a bit about sailing too. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Dylan. Hi, Hi. so sorry about that. No <laughs> worries. Really, um, quite an important call that was went on significantly longer than it should have. No it's, worries, Dylan. That's fine. fine. That's fine with us. Yeah. We're just glad to have you on here. So yeah. Yeah. Thank, how are you guys doing? Yeah, really good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we've we've been busy. It's, it's not been windy here, yeah. so actually a bit depressed, but we need some more wind. <laughs> you know, I've been surfing or anything. We don't get many waves around yeah, here, to be honest. Great. We need like northerly winds for the waves to be picking up over here. We don't get like an ocean swirl or anything like that. So we just rely on the wind quite a lot. Sorry, that's my cat. You can see my cat. <laughs> <laughs> here he is. Oh, oh, wow. It's beautiful. He's a bit noisy sometimes. Hopefully he's quiet. It's okay. <laughs> It'll fall asleep at some point. <laughs> um, yeah. Where, so, yeah. are you, where are you based? I was just thinking now. Uh, I'm in Portland, down near Weymouth. Nice. Um, yeah, I lived here. I've been living here now since well, 2012, uh, sort of officially. But then, I mean, lived here for sort of years, just bouncing between random friends' houses and rentals and that sort of thing. Well, it's a great place for sailing. Sure. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, really nice place. We've got some lots of nice friends, and it's really good. So, is this where like the British sailing team is based? Yeah, there's. Um, so the RAA has their headquarters in Hamble in Southampton, but then yeah. the sort of the British sailing team base is all in Portland, and there's a couple of like, industrial units for the gym and the workshop and that sort of thing. So, it's um, it's a really good setup, to be honest. That's good. Nice. So, should we should we do a disclaimer first? I wanted to disclaim that we didn't. And I will speak for myself. I do not know much about sailing, so if I do weird faces during the call, it's just I'm trying to understand what you're saying. But we're really super keen to like learn. Well, that's what I've got know, you I know, on. I know a little bit. Okay, you know a little bit. You know. I'm just talking for myself then. <laughs> but yeah, so what I'm, do you know a lot about? A lot well, about kite surfing, yeah. uh, surfing, free diving, free diving, diving all the others, uh, wakeboarding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much most of the other water sports bar <laughs> sailing. But I've I've done a little bit on like hobby cats and yeah. like on yachts with my uncle and stuff like that. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, nothing, nothing too sort of into it really. But I'd, I'd well, like, I used I'd to kite like surf. I got to. I don't know. I don't know what's considered a good level, but I was reasonable. Oh, nice. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, didn't know I could that. do bat mobs and I got to double S bends and all that sort of thing. And then basically broke my body and smashed my ankle to pieces. So I had to stop. No. Well, it sounds like you were doing a bit of freestyle and that's a bit heavy on the legs. Yeah. Yeah. I actually ended up breaking my ankle doing um, a mega loop in my bindings and it went wrong and 
basically yeah. smash the ankle to bits on the landing. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, loops and bindings don't go together very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's cool. Was that so? Wait, I guess should we go back to the beginning a bit? Yes, we shall. We shall start with when did you first kind of fall in love with water sports and what? Yeah, what was your first water sport love? I guess. Yeah, well, I guess um, so. My parents are ballet dancers, so they're sort of not into the sort of sailing or anything like that. But we were always grew up um, near London, uh, near Kingston, and um, I was always on the water when I was a kid. Even if it was just in like a dinghy, we'd go up to the pub, you know, have a drink or whatever, and go back. And then I ended up when I was eleven doing a course at the Thameslink Mariners, learning to sail with my best friends didn't really think too much of it but then moved we moved to the midlands and i joined a local sailing club and started to do a bit more and i just sort of loved being on the water messing around with my mates you know it wasn't serious there was no racing it was just you know having fun and then when i was like 13 14 i really got the bug for racing and i was already quite competitive and you know used to do sort of all the sports you know as a lot of kids sporty kids do though at that age but I really sort of, I guess, found something in sailing and that freedom of being on the water away from everything else and, you know, get in charge of your own destiny. And, uh, yeah, it sort of picked up from there quite quickly, accelerated through all the sort of British sailing team programmes and youth programmes, Olympic programmes, and then finally at my second Olympics winning gold. So it was, it was a long journey, but it was worth it. Yeah, congratulations for that. Yeah, it's amazing. So it's a far cry from what you wanted to be, an F1 driver. Yeah, exactly, a Formula yeah. 1 driver, yeah. I still want to be an F1 driver today. You do? <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we but, all? Um, yeah, that wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah, did you mention that? Because we, yeah, we heard something that you said that it is, it's quite expensive, isn't it? Trying to be an yeah. F1 driver, or is it, what, yeah, why did you choose sailing over it then? Yeah, I know sailing's not, I guess, super cheap, but we didn't spend a lot of money on sailing in reality compared to, you know, I mean, Formula One or go-karting is unbelievable, you know, amounts of money. And I remember we went to the auto sports show and Lewis Hamilton's two years older than me. And I think I was like eight or nine. We went to this show and I've been doing a little bit of go-karting at Sandown, um, renting carts and that sort of thing and seemed to be quite good. And then we were talking to some people about him and he was spending, they were spending 50,000 pounds in what was that? 1996, 1997 on his uh, go-kart program at 11 years old. And he had McLaren giving him 20 or something thousand and his parents paid for the rest. And his parents, you know, didn't have a lot of money either, but that's quite a serious commitment, isn't it? You know, at that's that insane. age. Um, they trusted him to be really good. They were like, you yeah. better be really good, man, because we're investing so much in you. But the pressure as <laughs> yeah, well for exactly. a kid, you'd be like, oh, no. We so didn't. you said that you sort of went on to do sort of sailing around on like ponds with your friends and stuff like that, and then went into competition. How, how was that transition, you know, from just doing it for fun to then going into competitions? The, the local sailing club that I went to, Pittsford, was really nice. It was nice, relaxed vibe and... You did like effectively Saturday clubs, sailing the boats. And as you get a bit older, you then start to do more racing. And um, I'm going to try and 
come on be quiet cat and then as you do more race (laughs) as you get a bit older you go from yeah you end up getting and doing a bit more racing and then you go and do the club racing and I guess it's really sort of organic you know and what's nice is that all the older members like are trying to help you out and I guess that's Stuart who I sailed with in 20 and the 2020 cycle was very similar setup you know we had really nice um sailing clubs lots of nice members and that real sort of I guess it's a bit more old-fashioned considered now you know we went sailing at our local sailing club we didn't travel as much as they all travel around now so you decided to sail like double handers like most of your life why 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 do you prefer like sailing like uh double handers I just always liked sailing with my mates to be honest yeah <laughs> just yeah, seemed, it's nice it's just more it was just more fun I remember than sailing around on my own and uh I like the sort of teamwork aspect and yeah it is just it's quite a different thing I still enjoy now sailing on my own um but it's still not the same as, you know, yeah, sailing with a group of mates and whether or not that's, you know, double hand or even like with four or five people on bigger boats. It's just you get to share that experience with someone else, the highs and lows. Yeah, I guess that's one of the fun things that I've, when when I was sailing like with my uh, uncle on like bigger yachts and stuff like that, when you're with like a big cruise, it is definitely fun for sure. Not yeah, that, exactly. That and you get experience. that experience together and... You can help each other out. I mean, you obviously fall out at times. There's no doubt that also happens. <laughs> you yeah. get a bit annoyed with each other, but it's just like any relationship, eh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It does look super fun. Like we watch a lot of videos of you racing, and I mean, it does it looks insane to me. I'm like, but but how are they not falling out when they run to the other side? You know, because I didn't know again much about it. I could just I know sailboats and you know, but I've never seen it in real life. Um, but. It must have been so, yeah, it's, it's teamwork, isn't it? Because you can't, you have to be in sync when you're doing it. Yeah, the boats, the 49ers, an awesome boat to sail. I mean, it's still, um, yeah, not the same as kite surfing and wakeboarding and that sort of thing. But I guess it's, there's lots of little fine, fine details. And it's just that racing element, ultimately, that is the most exciting part, you know, although the boats are super fun to sail. I love sailing them in 20, 25 knots, you know, and sending it down some big waves that always puts a big smile on your face but then it's just it's all about that competitive advantage over you you know and trying to win ultimately and knowing it are going out against the world's best and I think ultimately although the boat like the 49 is a great boat it, the boats don't really matter too much you just want to be racing against the best guys in the world you know and, and having fun with that and you only really have fun when you're winning unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but can you? Well, can you tell when you're racing? I know it's really silly questions, but when you were at the the Olympics, then like, can you tell that you're first when you're doing it? Might be a silly question. Yeah, I guess there's well, there's two things. You normally know you know in a race like how you're getting on. You don't always know if you're winning or not, depending on you know the other boats on the other side of the race course. But when you get near the marks, you sort of know where you are. But then there's sort of this this secondary mass going on towards the end of the event as you have, you know, your various competitors. And because the points accumulate and there's the Olympics 12 races followed by one final medal race. So on the last day, you know, you've got three races and you look like we were looking at the Kiwis and the Spanish and the Germans and working out where they were in the race and did we need to go and cover them off or something. So there's sort of a lot of, here's basically... Like there's a lot of physical aspect to it, but ultimately the the biggest part of sailing is the sort of decision making side. Um, 
and that's sort of why I guess it's it's such you can sort of do it for longer and why it takes a while to get really good at it because there's so much experience you know and you have to keep you have all these variables you know that you're trying to make decisions based upon and you can get it wrong well wrong it's like turned out to be a bad decision but it might have been the right decision because 60 percent of the time it was the right decision which means the next time you get in that scenario you have to make the same decision even though it didn't work the time before that's what i really love about it so did you know that you won when you crossed the finishing line on the olympic when you won when you won the gold because it was, uh, it was I, quite a close yeah, margin I, right i did a double take so i um i remember looking think i mean i was like i think we've done it and then I was like, did a double take and was like, now nah, we've definitely done it. And then I started celebrating and Stu was like, have we definitely done it? Have we definitely done it? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, it's done. Because <laughs> it was so close. It was. Yeah, it I don't really think it's cool been. I don't think they've had it that close in a while with in them. And yeah, it was a bit too close. But to be honest, it's it was also really cool because, um, you know, it was nice to have have it you know on the bbc get sailing you know and hopefully show that it is quite a good sport and if we can inspire you know, the next generation of athletes you know and get more um kids from all backgrounds into sailing that's that's what it's about for me to be honest i think you inspired some people for sure it was definitely a fun race to watch especially at the end really really cool so have you had you been training a lot over there in japan for it before the race did you go there before and yeah, sailing normally spends the most amount of time out of all Olympic sports in the venue. So mm. we were there in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And obviously, because of COVID, we weren't there in 2020. Mm. And then even in 2021, when we went to the Olympics, normally we'd have been there in May, June, July and July. But because of uh, COVID, we only could go for one trip. So um you know, it was quite, it was an interesting one. We hadn't sailed against the Kiwis, our main competitors, the gold medalists from Rio. We hadn't sailed against them since February 2020, just before sort of when COVID was just really, you know, starting and it was all kicking off. And I remember, in fact, we were over in, we were over in Australia at our world championships and we had to fly home. And there was a few cases in China and we were like, oh, we'll fly. We can't fly via China or Hong Kong. So we had to, you know, re redirected all our flights. You know, at that point, it was already too late, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that that was one of the questions, like how weird did it feel to compete during a pandemic? Like, yeah, it must have been so different from the times before. Yeah, so having been to Rio and then um, Tokyo is very different. I mean, not least that two quite different countries, two different cultures, but also, you know, we didn't go to the opening ceremony. We didn't go to the closing ceremony. Um, we were locked in our hotel when we weren't. We were either at the Olympic venue. We weren't at the Olympic venue. We were, you know, basically in a car or whatever, going to our hotel and then sat in the hotel for the rest of the time. Um we're really lucky that the team had a nice setup within the hotel and Team GB did a fantastic job with that and the British sailing team. But yeah, it's very, very different. Um, not quite the same level of partying afterwards, mm. to be honest. <laughs> yeah, didn't get to celebrate as much. 
Yeah, it sounds strange, like being in a in a pandemic Olympics when when you're sort of not not doing the opening ceremony and having that yeah. feel of of the whole competition, mm. but but still winning, eh? So, yeah, it was good. good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think what was also odd is just like the what was really strange is when the UK had been opening up the sort of months beforehand and sort of, you know, restrictions have been rolling back and everything. And whilst that was happening, we had this, we were getting tested basically daily almost for, for COVID. And then I remember it was like the two or three weeks leading up to the Olympics. If you got COVID, that was it. No Olympics, you know? And so the paranoia around our lives, just as everyone else is not caring or not caring as much, restrictions relaxing, people are going to the pubs and we were, you know, on full high alert because that if we got COVID, that was it, no Olympics, you know, just the last five years or 15 years or whatever you want to call it, you know, it was just going to be written off. So, I mean, I remember being sat at the airport when we all flew to Japan and we had to go and having done all these COVID tests anyway, that's then go and do obviously more tests when we landed and we all sat there and you're like, oh my God, I mean, can you imagine now mm. it tested positive and that was you getting a flight home and no Olympics. Luckily, luckily it was all good. The British same team did a good job there. So it was safe. <laughs> that's good. That must have been so stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was full noise. Yeah. yeah, you're really stressed because yeah. you need to compete and you need to, you know, do your best and then you're like please let's not get covered yeah it's like another level <laughs> of stress on top of it um and it, and there was a real mix of like the levels of restrictions you know we're outside where it's relatively safe anyway and we're sort of socially distanced anyway as well on in the boat park we had a the british sailing team or team gb had their own like you have your own country spots basically mm-hmm. and here's 35 degrees and we've got to wear a mask because you know that's what we've been told we have to do and you're like we're not if I get COVID off Stu I mean I literally stand next to him while sailing so we have to wear a mask and then when we put the boat in the water we could take our mask off and then when we got back we had to put our mask on before we got back on the slipway amazing so with Stuart you know you used to be like rivals uh, sailing against each other um, and, th- and then you become like this this team to go towards the Olympics how, how would you say your relationship with, with Stuart is these days oh yeah it's really good you know I mean he was he was um, a groomsman at my wedding a few weeks after the Olympics oh amazing um, but yeah no Stu's a fantastic character and you know I think although you know you are competitors we will you know you have a huge and in the previous cycle and Rio cycle you still have a huge amount of respect for each other and I remember after the Olympics in 2016 and we were both sailing the moths which are the foiling single-handers that we sail and I just said to him oh what are you up to for the next four years do you fancy having a crack at it and he was like yeah that sounds good um and that was pretty much it to be honest as soon as we started sailing together it was like, wow, this is pretty special, you know, and we went off and won our first event and then won the Europeans and the Worlds in our first year together. And it was like, okay, wow, this has really got something, you know. So it just clicked between the two of us and hopefully, you know, in the future I'll get to sail with him in, in other classes again, you know. Definitely. So you mentioned the uh, the foiling moths. 
that's one thing I'm super interested in because like <laughs> looking at your Instagram, it's just full of foiling moths, and I think they just look so cool, like the design of them and the speed you go on those things, and like really light wings. I think it's super cool. Would you say yeah. that like foiling and stuff like that is the future of sailing? I don't know if it's the future of sailing. It's kind of like how it sort of is in you know kite surfing and windsurfing and that sort of thing. It's uh it's like it's got its place now hasn't it you know and i think it's really opened up sailing to be a lot more enjoyable in light winds you know you go yeah. out in seven eight knots and you're ripping around at 20 knots and it's just a surreal feeling you know when it all goes silent and you fly above the water um and then just the fact that from a racing perspective again it's it at the world championships last year they had something like seven or eight gold medalists there it from different classes within the Olympic world. So it's probably the hardest uh, class outside of the Olympics to win a world championship in. And that basically obviously then tracks more people into it at that high level. And so you get to sail really high level and you get to sail this awesome boat that's just amazing fun to sail. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And then I also have been doing a bit of winging as well. I think that's like the latest craze, isn't it? Wing foiling. But um, that fits quite nicely in because when it gets too windy for mothing, like 2025, 20, it gets a bit full noise, to be honest, just because you get worried about breaking the boat and yourself. But yeah. winging in over 25 knots is is easy. I don't know. You can break yourself on that as well. <laughs> one, one of your pictures on Instagram, I saw that you nearly <laughs> fell on the foil. And that's one thing that always scares me about foiling, even with the kite, is that that foil, you can just bounce off and that thing can come and attack you at any point. That's one scary thing I think is about those. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I've, I've got hit I got hit by the foil before uh, a few times, but only when I was trying to be really silly and trying to do some like big speed runs effectively, you know, and try and outdo my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're wearing a helmet though. Yeah, I do wear a helmet. Yeah. I'm all about bringing back the helmets. Yeah, especially when for impact vest, helmet. I just like cover myself. Yeah. But um, it's interesting, though, because you're saying about that, um, you know, that when it gets too windy, you go to like maybe try and winging and stuff. It is a thing with people that love water sports. We tend to find different, you know, we always want to get out there in the water. So it's like, oh, Let's fire when it's not too windy. When it's very windy, we go like big air and then we'll catch surfing. And then, you know, I love that we all find ways to get in the water and try different disciplines no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love, I just love being on the water. And and if there's, if there's no wind, I'd happily just take a boat out and sit out on the water and just be out there. It's just the only place I relax in reality. It's an amazing place to relax. We're the same. Yeah. Except when it's like stormy as hell. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's my relaxing place. No, I know it's yours. No, I like it too. Except <laughs> when I get thrown into the kite surfing, I don't know what's happening. But yeah. <laughs> so uh, I saw that with your foiling moth, you've been like developing uh, a sort of sustainable boat with um, I can't remember if it was like Alan or something like that, uh, Alan sailing or something, right? Uh. I wouldn't say I've been developing sustainable boat a bit. There is well, a sustainable helping. project going on that the I was I, I wasn't involved in directly. Um, yeah. uh, there was a SU2 program, which is really cool what they chose to do. A lot of universities got from around the world got together and made, they had uh, like points basically, and they could make, <clears throat> they had to make a boat with so many carbon points. Okay. 
Um, but unfortunately, my boat is not very sustainable. It's just cutting edge and incredibly fast, <laughs> basically. <laughs> um, it's like the amount of engineering that goes into it is staggering for an 11 foot long boat. But um, I've been developing a new boat for this year and it was its first uh, event at the Nationals. And then we've had Foiling Week, which is great fun event, lots of different foiling boats and all sorts of craft, you know, and then the European Championships. So next up is the World Championships for the Moth down in Argentina. So I've got, I think, three weeks before my boat goes in the container. So I've got some work to do. Wow. So with with foiling week, did you did you win that? Yeah, I won. I was third at nationals, which I was obviously annoyed about. Um, But I had only just put the boat underwater, and then I won foiling week, and won the European. So it's been a really good summer for the boat, and we've got lots of um, potential more speed available with uh, some projects. So yeah, hopefully we're in good shape. It definitely looked impressive. I mean, I was watching some of the drone footage of all you guys like whizzing around on the moths on Lake Garda. It looked really, really, really cool. But when when you sort of tack across and there's like some boats going that way, some boats going that way, has, has there ever been any collisions? It looks so close. Yeah, there's been some. There's been some good crashes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it does get pretty hectic. Um, they're kind of like little go karts, though. It's you can really throw them around, and but even then, yeah, sometimes you don't see someone or something goes wrong, and there's big crashes. But luckily, because the boats are so light, normally the sailors don't come off that you know badly injured at all. Um, the boats, you know, can have a bit of damage and stuff, but in reality, it's because the boats only weigh 35 kilos or something, the whole thing, it's not, it's not too bad. Well, it must well be I'd really be pretty hard annoyed too. if someone crashed into me. <laughs> um, no, I was going to ask you, when you think about it, when you talked about Argentina, where's the, where's your favorite place you've been to sell? Oh, that's a good question. Well, uh, it, it's hard to beat Lake Garda. Um, it's just stunning, you know, and the wind is predictable. But at the same time, San Francisco, again, is also an epic place to sail because it just, the sea breeze there just pumps every single day in the summer. Um, and you get the amazing backdrop of the city. Auckland was also special. I mean, Portland, where I'm from, is pretty special as well for sailing. I don't know. I love a lot of places, to be honest. <laughs> You've got to choose one, Dylan. Choose one. Okay. <laughs> my favorite place to sail no it's okay yeah well no yeah lake let's call lake garda i'm not going to say where in lake garda because there's many places but lake garda it does <laughs> look really nice i'd love to kite surf there to be Wait, fair. where is that sorry where is it is it in it's... northern where... italy so okay, it's, northern... Sort of so it's close to Twitter. near germany and austria i wouldn't it's good for kite surfing if you don't mind waves there's not it's not very good for freestyle Okay. So we actually spoke to one of the British sailing team uh, kite surfers, uh, Lily Young, and oh, uh, yeah? I think she was there doing one of the um, foiling races at Lake Garda mm-hmm. uh, re- recently. Yeah. And um, yeah, she was she was saying that she's been training down in Marseille uh, for next year's Olympics as well. Um, yeah. So Lily's really cool. She's been um, working super hard, and I've got quite a few friends who have been out there racing. the The kite racing is absolutely mental. You think. The moth's quite fast, but the kite racing is unbelievable. I think the top guys are hitting 
and the, some of the girls are hitting like 40 knots downwind on those things yeah. which mm. is just it's incredible mind blowing and yeah. collisions <laughs> look mental yeah it's, I don't horrible. Yeah. it's kind of a nightmare guys. i don't know how she does it. i'm like oh my god yeah the, she was telling us about how they'd be tacking and then the first one you know if you're at the top and you need to tack you you look back but you're expecting that others will see that you're going to tack back but if they don't you still have to go and then it's like oh it was just nightmarish the way she was talking about she could just go <laughs> into people scary. you know because you've got yeah. kites because i guess you on the on the moth or even the other ones you contain you don't have like lines with like a kite at, you know the end um yeah we've done some racing um foiling thursdays down here in portland where we get like wing foilers wind foilers kite foilers and moths basically foiling boats are allowed or foiling craft or whatever and um that is quite scary when you've got all the different types of boats at the start and sort of thing so we can't really slow down in a moth particularly well and obviously the kites can just put their kite up in the sky and shoot the bar out and slow down and so i've nearly ran over a few kite surfers and then we've had you know the kites are bouncing off your sail at the top and that sort of thing oh god <laughs> So who's the fastest then? Who won? Is there like a fastest craft oh, the when kites, you do that? The kites yeah. are miles quicker, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we go up wind at like, <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, 18, 20 knots in the moth, and they go up wind at 23, 24, and they point higher, and then they're faster yeah. downwind. Yeah. But I would like to see them go as fast as us if they were using an eight-meter kite the whole time as well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's that. the thing, isn't it? What about the the bigger boats, like the bigger sailboats with the foils? I don't think that, I don't think the kites would be able to keep up with those, right? Nah. So like, I skippered the British Sail GP boat in season one, and that's an F fifty, so fifty foot catamaran with a yeah. um, so fifty meter catamaran with a twenty four meter wing, oh, and that thing's seriously fast. So we hit we hit fifty knots in the Solent on that, wow. uh, which is pretty nuts. That's crazy. Cool. Full cavitation on the foil, so the water's boiling around the surface of the foil, basically. Wow. Full vaporizing, it's nuts, and the whole boat's shaking. Yeah, those things are a different beast. And the America's Cup boats, uh, the AC-75s, they're, again, unbelievably fast. Yeah, it's amazing to see them progress as well. I remember like watching those years and years ago, and they were like just crashing out on most of the foils. But now they can just go full speed into the turns. It's incredible to watch. Yeah, it's good cool. G-forces is quite good fun. Yeah, some of the crashes are mental. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the next Olympics. Are you, are you planning to go uh, to Marseille to compete in the French Olympics? I have actually retired from Olympic sailing recently. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I gave it another go after last time round with a new crew, uh, Ross Hawes. But unfortunately, you know, I'm older there was some equipment issues with the class and me and Ross were good, but I was like, it's just not quite the same. So I decided to sort of pull the pin Olympic sailing and try and focus on some sort of other projects that I've wanted to get involved in. So, I mean, I've got a bit more time for moth sailing as well. So yeah, I, I really do think though, the team are in hopefully in good shape and I'd love to see uh, one of the British 49ers, you know, go and, claim back or keep hold of the british the gold that we won in tokyo which was the first time any like british sailor has won that right yeah so we've been successful in other classes and we've won a gold and a sorry a silver and a bronze in the 49er before but it was the first time we won gold so 
it's about time to be honest yeah you can, we, we, you can retire now it's fine yeah. you've done it <laughs> yeah. it's fine but um what are the projects i'm curious to know what projects are you are you excited uh, about a few can... of them they're mostly quite secret at the moment that's okay <laughs> so, yeah. can... uh, but effectively just trying to break into that next level of sailing and and doing some big boating as well and that sort of thing so we'll see at the end of the day but i i was i needed more time to you know give to my olympic sailing and to the other projects and i couldn't i couldn't do everything so felt like it was yeah time to hang up the harness well for now everyone always ends up coming back so maybe i'll be back next time <laughs> <laughs> so uh you said about the world with the foiling where, where, where is that in argentina right yeah the world's in argentina in buenos aires um so it's going to be quite interesting. It's uh, it's in like a delta there, and it's really so the water's all it's like kite surfing in hunting Huntstanton or whatever it's called. You know, it's really muddy yeah. and quite shallow. Um, but there's worse places to be in you know November December than South America. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it's a beautiful place. Uh, they do yeah. some kite surfing competitions. I love that you say that like you've been. Well, oh, I've just, I've seen you, kite surfing videos it, over yeah. there because they yeah like I was just about to say they do uh, some kite surfing competitions for like big air out in Argentina. Um, do they? The, yeah, the Argentina Kite Fest. Yeah. A lot in Brazil as well. Brazil A lot in nice. Brazil, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we when we were in the whole cycle in Rio, I never we never managed to get up to um, I can't remember the name of it, but where all the pros go, you know, every winter. I couldn't believe it. I was like, we've literally flown backwards and forwards to Brazil for four years and we never managed to make it to go kite surfing. <laughs> so do you still kite now? Do you still like to uh, do it? I've only kite surfed once since I broke my ankle, um, basically, because I'm still missing two ligaments. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I, I have been kiting, but I just... Uh, you know, I don't know. I got to the point where I was like doing some quite good tricks, and I know that now I can't go back to doing that. So it's just not really the same. Um, hence why I'm enjoying my my wing foiling, to be honest, because it's something new. You know that, and there's no impact, you know, really from wing foiling, so it's safe for me. Have you tried kite foiling? No, that was that was like that was in the pipeline. And um, my problem is, I know if I go kite foiling, I'm just going to end up racing, and then. Yeah. <laughs> just be yeah i was like that nah, i mean i'm probably going to end up ring racing because we're going to start i think that's going to start up here at some point you know yeah it's getting really popular actually it's definitely one of the fastest growing water sports out there yeah and the um the guy who builds my moth he's developing basically some wing foil kit as well so like it, like with some sort of i guess moth technology so it's pretty standout kit so that's going to oh, be wow. interesting to see how that gets on yeah and yeah, I'd love to see a bit of that. Amazing. So um, are there any other water sports that you enjoy other, other than that sort of stuff? Uh, I used to windsurf, but gave that up when I went kite surfing. And then again, like I used to do, go to the cable park occasionally and go wakeboarding. But yeah. again, that all had to stop after my injury, basically. Yeah. So at the moment, it's really just sailing and wing foiling and some terrible terrible surfing if my mates drag me along and because i'm just not very good <laughs> it's We're so not difficult either. we, we, we say this say to it, like yeah. everyone that we speak to on here it's just like surfing is difficult like we, we've been surfing how long is it now four four years 
But again, we, we learned to surf We're in rubbish. South Africa, which was a great place to learn um, because there's always waves. But then moving back to the UK, yeah. and we're not in Cornwall, we're in the southeast, so you, you do not get waves. And if you don't practice surfing, you just don't, yeah. you can't get better. It's like an everyday, all the time thing, right? If you want to really get yeah, good. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I just was like, I'd rather just t- take my surfboard and go kite surfing and then surf. Get I know it's not the same, but you get to surf a load of waves rather than just a few or whatever. Definitely. Or just get like a giant long board. Which is what we do. Just just paddle with your hands like this. It's so so easy. Although I I could imagine that I might get into prone foiling if that's, you know, if we get good at wing foiling and everything, then it's like it's not really sort of the normal surfing anymore, is it? So maybe that'll be good fun. But we're not allowed to, uh, we're not at Kimmeridge, you're not allowed to uh wing well you're not allowed to foil down there so even though there's like an absolutely perfect way for it you're not allowed to do it which i get Mm -hmm. it you know obviously it can be quite dangerous and everything so yeah why 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 are you not allowed to foil down there well the the owners of the land don't let anyone launch so i think you could go there in a rib because there's obviously nothing stopping you on the water um Mm -hmm. but you're not allowed to go in the water with a foil or something i don't i don't really know the details to be honest okay so towing foiling is the option. Yeah, or just like uh, just prone the guys. They just paddle in normally, effectively. Yeah. But you need to get there on a boat. But then I can't imagine that's going to go well. I don't know exactly about surfing politics, but I can't imagine turning up at a break. You're not supposed to foil with a foil kit. You'll will go down well. Probably yeah. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely something that I want to try as well. I've never I've never done foiling on like uh like prone surfing sort of on the foil um but when when we was in south africa i was watching some guys that were super good surfers and some of them had done kite foiling before but they were just getting mullered by this foil yeah. every really? every time they were coming out they were coming yeah. out with some cuts and bruises everywhere <laughs> yeah they were and, bloody um, yeah. like what happened it looked difficult uh, yeah i think the main thing is like when you're trying to like pop up on the board having your balance over the correct point, you're not stamping down on the wrong thing because like most times like the foil is just going to fly back out, yeah. Um, and it depends on the wave as well, really. You need a nice sort of slow, long-pushing wave, I guess. Yeah, you need something mellow, don't you? You don't want anything heavy. No, mm. which South Africa wasn't. No, no, wasn't. <laughs> um, actually, um, I also wanted to ask you because we've asked what was your favourite place to sail, but now I'm just thinking, where's a place you really want to go sail? at that's a good question again where do i really want to go sailing not necessarily racing you know you can go sail and chill oh Mm. there you go yeah i really (laughs) want to go to the french polonies um yeah i want to take a yacht bring my wing kit and go my wife and just cruise around just that i think that just looks an amazing place to to be to be honest i quite happily probably go and just live on a you know a yacht for a year doing that (laughs) That's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream. We was actually yeah. speaking to someone yesterday that um that does that. You know, just started doing that, living on a sailboat. On a sailboat and, yeah, she's sailing pretty cool. around. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some friends do it and they did it for a couple of years and loved it. Um just like at when when do you get time? I don't know, we'll see. Maybe when I get a bit older. Yeah. yeah. There's no time like the present, Dylan. Yeah, I just feel busy doing all these <laughs> other fun stuff. I, I don't like sitting still, so although I will enjoy it, we I I know I'll be also I'll be a nightmare. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it's my same fear. Or like being with the... Because she's doing it with a partner. It's the kind of thing you don't... I guess you could do it alone. Some people yeah. do, but you do it probably with your wife or we do it together. And I'm like, mm, you know, on a small boat for that long, I will just, you know, just like push you in the ocean and you can go kite on your own. Well, that's fine with me. <laughs> Probably, yeah, pretty testing on relationships, yeah. living in a small boat for a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what better test is there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever freedived or scuba dived? Or... I tried to do some freediving. Um, I'm not particularly good at equalising my ears. It's oh, such okay. a stupid thing, but I always struggle. Yeah. Uh but during the F50 training, we did a lot of safety training, and I so I did a lot of breath hold work, um, and so the kind of that side was fine. And Stu, who I sail with, you know, he can he'll happily go down ten meters, you know, and do spear fishing and all that sort of thing. Um, but I just barely ever could get down like that deep because I could never pop my ears. But it, I do, I do sort of enjoy it, and I've done a bit. Again, I did a bit of scuba diving, but. Um, I don't know. That's I just I just get a bit. It's lovely, but I just get a bit bored. It's a bit slow paced. I'd much rather be on the surface ripping around. Yeah. I have that problem with my ears. One one of them goes, but then the other one just doesn't want to, and then yeah. you just got to come back up. It's a yeah. bit annoying. I read. Really we yeah. I don't know about this. I don't know how you can fix it. It's not nice. Just give it a good slap. <laughs> it's definitely not the way <laughs> to fix it. Okay. But yeah, I just I was just curious to know. It is a question right. that we ask pretty much everyone. Yeah. I feel like all like it's what we realized yesterday talking about this is like most people that like water one water sport usually will have tried a lot of other water sports and you know, like what you said about being a kid and trying loads of sports. I was the same. I tried all the sports under the sun when I was a kid. It was alarming. I'd probably do six months of something, but like, no, actually, I want to do archery. I want to do dancing. And I think we're the same with water sports. We just like to try them all and yeah, we get obsessed um, with a few of them. And we all have a dream of sailing away on a sailboat yeah. around lovely places. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely the one I'd like to do the most. And mm. in reality, what I'd like to do is uh, I really want to do some, try and break some records on my moth. Um, yeah like some longer distance distance records there's some like round the isle of Wight and stuff like that there's a you know a record for the fastest monohull so single hold sailing boat and it is beatable in a moth you need like perfect conditions and that sort of thing or there's another one which is like from cows to basically st marlow which is like 138 miles and i'd love to do that sort of stuff which is but that requires quite a lot of planning and yeah. Perfect time. conditions as well. Yeah, perfect conditions to get a moth through those sorts of right places. tides, right wind. Yeah, because I've watched um, one a kite surfer, Sam Light. He does uh, foiling around there, and he's tried winging around the Isle of Wight as well. Yeah, uh, but most times he just gets done by the wind or the tides, mm. and it and some some attempts. Yeah, I think when he tried winging it last time, yeah, he, he couldn't he couldn't make it. It was like over eight hours that he was trying to wing around there. <laughs> yeah exactly i did see that i think i the i'm i'm trying to go around in three and a half hours on the moth basically wow hopefully less than that yeah. you know what, what sort of wind average, speeds would you need uh the hardest thing is like the waves so we need i need a northerly probably I, I like a 
a northerly would be best but then it's just how much wind do you need to have and have enough wind round to sink cats around the back of the isle of wight basically you know because there's obviously not much wind there so and then again if you're doing it in sort of summer when it's a bit warmer and you get the sort of the flatter conditions um you're going to need to go super early in the morning because otherwise the wind's going to shut down and that sort of thing so in reality the, i might have had some good conditions for it recently because there's been some decent you know 15 knot northerlies which is basically the ideal well there you go we can't wait to see you do that yeah but but maybe. let's let's make it two hours and like 55 minutes or something yeah, that would be seriously fast. Yeah, I'd take that. I think that would probably be averaging like 24 knots or something like that, 25 knots. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Crazy. Oh. Okay, now we can finish. Now I'm okay. happy. Nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great to catch up. Well, great to, yeah. great to chat. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. And uh, we definitely need to come down to Portland. My brother lives in Bristol, so he, he often goes there and he loves it because obviously you can kite whatever. You can kite offshore, yeah, right? Yeah, so, oh, it's, it's a closed. great place to yeah. kite, yeah. So oh, yeah, you if go. you dike freestyle, you get, if you go at high tide, you get literally just glass, nice. just butter, flat water. Yeah. It's epic. Oh, we're I'm, just going to come down fan. to race you. I was going to go to race him, no? Oh, you, you're going to do freestyle? You, you can't no, fall, so race. you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I will learn and then I will race everyone. <laughs> it's a place to be for foiling there's like everyone's foiling down here yeah i'm not surprised yeah it's a good scene definitely L lily was telling us how like how much of a good scene it is down there where you've got like the whole british sailing team out training together basically mm. it's really nice. yeah it's really cool and then after say everyone comes in from whatever they've been sailing and then they will go back out wing foiling in the evenings <laughs> yeah <laughs> you must uh, get a lot of water time yeah yeah <laughs> amazing well that's so great um but yeah so thank you so much and we'll give you a shout when we come down to portland to race you nice let me know yeah we'll do i'll okay. get some racing equipment well we'll just ask lily i'll just oh yeah i'll lily. race with lily actually that's way yeah, better lily, lily will sort of and she, she's always saying you need to be heavier so i'll just jump on you know i can just piggyback. hold on for her yeah, yeah exactly there you go i've got nothing to do and we're gonna win there you go. <laughs> I'd like to see that. That'd be good. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Dylan. And um, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good evening. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Hey. We hope you enjoyed this episode with Dylan. If you want to see more from Dylan, then please check out the description where you'll find links to his social pages and YouTube channel. If you like the podcast, then please show some appreciation and leave us a review and rate us. If you want to check out anything else we get up to at Tide, then please head over to our social channels on Instagram and Facebook. Or you can check out our website, tidewatersport.co.uk. Thanks for listening. See you there for the next one. Bye.